the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffled Podcast, Episode 64. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am good this morning. Thank you. This is... um, a fun day. We had some technical difficulties, but we uh, pushed through. Yeah, we did. Thanks for waiting for me. Living in a small town of 126 people and having like one guy control the button for the internet, um, you know, it's it can be really a great thing when you can just go, you know, get in touch with him right away. But if he's not around, it, it's problematic. It's so hilarious, just the visualization of that. I just picture one guy mm-hmm. at a desk just piled with things, but then there's just this one like big red switch or something where he Valley has to Ford flip internet. the internet back on. Oh, yeah. When I lived in Bodega Bay, it was the same way. It was like one, the internet was kept at a person's house. So when that person went on vacation, the company that had paid them to have the, you know, the the big router tower or whatever at their house, if they were on vacation, like you didn't have the internet. And this was about 15 years ago. So I know it was a while ago. Um, Comcast finally came to town to Bodega Bay because they had a thousand people so they could have fast internet. But anyhow, not to bore our listeners with that, but I do live in the boonies and it's great. But sometimes, you know, you, I didn't realize how much I use. I mean, just in a span of an hour this morning, how much I needed right. the internet. <laughs> I, cu- I couldn't believe how many things I wanted to do. And I was like, nope, nope, can't do any of that. <laughs> so, Time to dust off the fax machine. That's right. Well, you know, I do love yeah. me a fax machine. So yeah, and my rotary phone, I should have got that out and called you on that. <laughs> yeah, should have. <laughs> um, oh, uh, that's hilarious. Okay. Uh, so we are continuing on with our Sober Sisters Summer Series, Yes, as I've named it this morning. I like it. Um, I like that. You like it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. I just threw that together. Um, <laughs> this is a slightly new format that we're trying on for the summer. Um, it's You probably won't even notice that it's different, dear listener, but um, we are interviewing uh sober sisters friends um that have created a new life in sobriety um because we just think these stories are the most inspiring Mm -hmm. and today we have on our friend jen james and i'm lucky enough to have jen right here in austin and uh, you've met Jen. I know you are lucky. You are lucky yeah, to have her. I'm lucky. I'm lucky. Um, I'm going to let you read a part of her little bio, yeah. which is really fun. Yeah. Go I got to meet Jen at, um, when you and I did a little, um, meetup 
um, in Austin, uh, gosh, a year and a half ago or so. So I was, yeah. Um, so Jen is a sober mom and also a wife, a cat and chicken mama, and she is thriving in Austin, Texas. She was born and raised in Salt Lake City, Utah, and absolutely loves and misses the mountains. She got sober on March 2nd, 2016 from alcohol, and her life has never been the same since. She's an artist by heart, which endears me to her greatly, and Mm -hmm. currently taking the She Recovers coaching training so that she can help other women find themselves again in sobriety and start living a life they truly desire. She does yoga, uses oils, crystals, tarot cards, journals, and paints to keep herself sane and balanced. She's a huge lover of music, books, nature, science, and current events. She eats a plant-based diet and loves how much better she feels and clearer she thinks since removing meat and dairy. We are, uh, Jen and I swap a lot of stories around this. (laughs) And um, she loves all things color, powered by coffee, kombucha, and La Croix. Yeah, that's the sober gal's drink, right? Yeah. One one of them. (laughs) Well, welcome, Jen. Yeah. Happy to have you. Good morning, girls. Thank you. It's a it's an honor to be here with you. Mm. Did you like us talking about you? Like when you could hear us? Like was that weird? weird? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it, it is. It's a. You get a little gun shy when you hear these things, but removing myself, I'm like, wow, that person they're talking about sounds pretty damn cool. Yeah. Pretty awesome, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's, it's good. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks for coming on. I know we just saw you. I saw you last weekend. Uh, was that last weekend? Weekend before? Um, I'm losing all the days when I was in Austin for the women's circle, and I was so happy. You were, like, radiating that weekend. Oh. You just were radiant. I was that whole experience was just a, a vibration on a whole other plane. Um, mm. Any Anything that, you, you know, you feel self-doubt or self-conscious about walking into a situation like that, it's completely erased by the love and the empowerment and the support and the meaning and the divine. And it's just, man, that connection that we had. I think yeah. we were all radiating and vibrating it was just amazing so yes what a what a beautiful experience yeah isn't it cool even though you know even there were a lot of women that a lot of us didn't know we still connect on on the same at the same place and that's what I love so much about these gatherings oh yeah it was um I, I think I overuse this word but there's no other way to explain it was just it was magical yeah. I mean And it's like a time warp. I don't feel like we were there for five hours. It was just like a minute and then boom, it's over. You're just heartbroken because I didn't want to let go of you guys. I wanted to still hold you and talk Mm. about all those inappropriate things. (laughs) We did a little of that. We did a little of that. We did just a little of it just to keep it real. (laughs) Well, yeah. 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 It was fun. Can you tell our listeners how we met? And you may yes. have to remind me a little bit. Okay. okay. Yes. Okay. I'll remind you while I remind the, the listeners. Um, okay. So I was um, new to the sober world and kind of, you know, tested my waters on social media and was on Instagram and somehow, you know, through the circle started to follow you and you had posted that you were going to do a meetup at a coffee shop here. I had yet 
to meet anybody sober in Austin in real life. I had yet for myself to go be sober and to meet anybody because I was still so fresh. And you were hosting like a little meetup. And so I just put on my little brave pants and felt like I was going on a first date, a blind date. And <laughs> totally. Right. It's so awkward. It's like, hey, do you want to hang out? Cool. You know, right. But um, yeah, so that's where I met you. And I still remember I walked in and I knew who you were immediately because you were wearing like the, the teetotaling T squared shirt. And you just had this beautiful orange pink hair. And I'm like, that is a woman that I will know for the rest of my life. And it's, it's, it's been there from, you know, it's been great from there on out. So yeah, yeah. So and we, we picked up people along the way and added them to our little coven. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. I love that. Well, it's pretty like, like we've been talking about lately and I think we're going to get into it more in a future episode, but just the, the, the building of the thing, it has to start somewhere. Right. And just doing a meetup, even if it was only two people, right. <laughs> That's, I mean, that was literally, that was a meetup on meetup.com. And I've, I've, I've talked about this before, but yeah, I had, um, I was really searching for some community that, and like Tammy said, we are going to talk about this on a future episode, but I was searching for a community um, where I could do the very thing that we're doing right now. I wanted to talk about recovery, but I also wanted to talk about creativity. Like I was picturing a quilting bee or, mm-hmm. <laughs> or just uh, women sitting around like journaling as we chatted or, um, you know, I wanted to talk about things that were lighting us up mm-hmm. and I I didn't know how to make that happen. So I just started at the first place I could think of, which was meetup.com. And it kind of worked like it. I, you know, met some people I met, I met you, Jen. And, and you're right. Even if I just met one other woman, that was fine. And since then, like I said, we've added, we've gathered some other women and sort of added them to our circle. And, uh, I just, I love you guys. It, it was a complete success, in my yeah. opinion, because yeah. everything that you described, too, was what I pictured, you know, women sitting around with colors of any sort in front of them via pens or fabric or paper or ribbon or just our colorful stories and words that we were giving to each other and drinking coffee and tea and just connecting on such a such a genuine level because we all had something in common underneath it all. And it was just, and look, and look where we are now. You guys have, mm-hmm. you have a podcast and you're doing these women's circles. I'm, I'm talking to you. I mean, this is just, to me, that's, that's the success of it right there. So mm-hmm. I think it was very well done. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And it just to it, it, you know, we are, so instant we're such an instant gratification you know society even those of us who didn't grow up with the internet you know that are like our generation we still have taken this on and you know some things take time and we aren't patient but they can they happen you know the universe it unfolds and if you just keep 
you know, your eye on that, on that prize, um, it, it happens eventually. Were you super nervous the first time to go to the meetup? Um, I'm asking this because I do on our listeners, we have listeners that haven't met people in real life or haven't found their coven or haven't created, you know, their group. So how did you feel and, and what made you still do it anyway? Oh my God. I was so nervous and I don't think it helped that at my job, I worked until 4 a.m. that morning and then went home oh, and got a couple right. hours. Of, yes, and got a couple <laughs> hours of sleep. Oh. And so I, you know, here I am just this, you know, newly sober person in a social world with a couple hours of sleep under me. And I was so nervous because I was so afraid I was going to say the wrong thing or I wasn't going to fit in or I wasn't sober enough or I wasn't cool enough or I didn't know everyone, the people that they were talking about and the names and the accounts and the, the private groups. And, and I, yeah, I was, I was a wreck, but I went because this was the life that I chose and I was determined to, to stay this way. And I needed that connection. And so, um, I even remember driving home from it and of course, little sleep, you know, a huge coffee. So my insides are just shaking and rattling and I'm going over everything I said, like, Oh, that was so dumb. That was stupid. You know, you're who these people are going to think blah, blah, blah. And I sent Sandra a text and thanked her for having me. I kind of let her know my insecurities and she was so, you were so sweet, Sandra. You, you sent me something back in regards to, you know, we've all felt like this. You are perfect. We, it, it was so great to see. We, I know what that feels like and you are loved. I mean, it was just like, Oh, like this light down, like, Oh, reassurance. I'm, I'm okay. I belong here. So, mm. um, yeah, I was nervous as hell. But, it was, yeah. <laughs> but when I met you, you didn't seem nervous at all because you'd done it before. Right. So it's like, I guess what I'm, I want to like emphasize for people who are listening to this going like, I don't have anybody in real life. Like it is a little nerve wracking the first time, but do it once. Just do, do it, it because it gets do easier. It. Because if you're longing for connection, like we always say, nothing changes. If nothing changes, mm-hmm. you have, you have to make that very first move. And once you do it one time, it just gets easier every time because then you're like, Oh, I didn't die. They didn't chase me out. Um. Right. And what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You're going to meet some people that don't care for you. Big deal. And you're no worse off than where you started. But that never happens. Because this community of women, I mean, I think the the nice thing about this, like this sober community, is that it has removed all stereotypes, all biases, all cattiness, all cliques. Mm-hmm. I have never been part of something where women hold other women up. We hold hands, we support, we love, no judgment. Um, and, I mean, there may be a little bit of that quietly in the back of our minds, but we don't. It's. I think Glennon Doyle said, um, if there's not enough room at the table for all the women, then get a bigger table. And right. that's that's how I feel about, about this. And so y- you're going to be supported and welcomed no matter what. I think we're the only ones that make it uncomfortable because we are so overly self-aware of everything. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. hypersensitive and new sobriety too. And even not so new, you know, it's, 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 um, I get nervous in certain situations still, but, um, but I do it anyway. Right. I do it anyway. Mm -hmm. 
And yeah. there was some there were some new gals at the women's circle that I made sure I tried to connect with every person that I didn't know. And they were so brave is what I told them. I was like, I don't mean oh, to be yeah. condescending. I just mean you are this is awesome. This was your first this is your first time trying to connect with people in real life. Like this is amazing that you did that. And I'm yeah, welcome. Like that was amazing. It mm-hmm. was. It totally was. There was such an eclectic mix of women in that little beautiful ranch house and we were all there together and yeah. you're right I mean that's not just like a little get-together meeting I mean you're kind of in some vulnerable positions doing yoga if you're not comfortable closing your eyes and chanting out loud that's mm-hmm. a control thing for me I mean that's hard as it is and so um to have all of that and these people trying that for the very first time, I mean, they are so much braver than I ever would have been. So hats off to them. I completely agree yeah. with you, Tammy. They were yeah. so brave. They were mm. great. Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, Jen, why don't you, why don't we backtrack a little bit and why don't you tell our listeners how you came to the decision to quit drinking or, you know, removing alcohol permanently from your life? Ah, okay. Um, well, I'll backtrack a little further from that. Um, I was, I called myself like a social drinker, right? For probably 18 years. It was just, it was social. I was very social come to find out because I drank quite a bit, but, um, it wasn't in my opinion ever an issue, you know, in my twenties and my early thirties. Um, but hindsight it was, um, I was in a previous marriage. Um, He was an alcoholic. So I kind of saw the signs. I was on the other side of the fence. And so um, I was in Al-Anon. He was in AA. It was so fresh right there. Um, I didn't drink for a couple of years thinking that I could, um, you know. Influence him. him. Right. (laughs) That doesn't happen. And then I became a mom, which kind of flipped my world upside down and inside out. Um, So my drinking kind of got a lot heavier after that point. And um, I think that that's a story that a lot of people are, there's a lot of shame and guilt for me with that also. Um, I think, I'm glad my daughter was so young that she's not going to remember any of that. But I always look back and think, you know, she deserved a lot better. because I was surviving. I mean, I felt like I was raising her by myself. Eventually I was because we divorced. Um, and my drinking just kind of amped up. I, after, after I divorced him, um, it's almost like I felt this sense of freedom because I was able to remove that negative connotation that alcohol had with me being married to an alcoholic. And so I was making up for lost time. Um, There were nights that I didn't have my daughter because, you know, we were divorced with the custody. So I was just having fun, finding myself. And that kind of started to get a little out of hand. And then um, I ended up moving. I'm up in Utah this whole time. And during this process, um, I reconnected with my now current. He's my common-law husband. Um, He was down in Austin. We'd known each other for 20 years. Our paths crossed again. And so... I ended up moving down here, and we have a beautiful home, beautiful life together. I've got a stepson. I have my daughter. Um, but moving to Texas, it's like the storm just 
blew up with alcohol. Um, I was away from everybody, my family, my friends. Um, I am in a new environment. I don't like my job. I'm dealing with my husband's ex-wife. I'm a stepmom. Nobody talks about how hard this stuff is. It's like this taboo thing, but I'm here to talk about it because it's so hard. Um, and my, you know, and, and I went from Utah where drinking is, you know, you can only do it Monday through Friday, nine to five. The alcohol is only 3%. You can never find a liquor store anywhere to coming down here. I can buy wine at Target. I mean, my world mm-hmm. couldn't get any better. And so mm-hmm. I can go to Whole Foods and get a glass of wine and shop at the same time and not be looked at. I can have my kid with me and, you know, drink. And so, wow, um, yeah. I really, yeah. I mean, I got, I, I fell into that as like, oh my gosh, this is glorious. And so, um, justified my drinking like nobody's business because. I'm homesick, or I, you know, I don't like my job, or I'm new here. I deserve this, and was just drinking and drinking and drinking more. Um, I started hiding the amount of alcohol that I was drinking. Um, I, I still don't know why that never was a flag to me that that was an issue, but I think that that shows just how far I had fallen. Um, so wait, I'm going I'm to interrupt. So why, yeah. what, what made you, um, what made you want to hide it? Like what was um, the, what, do, anything around that that you can identify? Sure. Because, um, <clears throat> okay. So my husband now down here, he, um, he's what we call a normie, right? He could maybe have one drink a week. If that, no big deal. Um, I was drinking a bottle of wine a day, if mm-hmm. not more. Now he was smart enough to know, to never really, I shouldn't say smart enough because that maybe sounds negative. He, he knew that if he was really to try to push like the alcohol issue with me, that the defiant, stubborn person in me would tell him to, you know, Mm -hmm. go, go take a hike. Um, but he would say to me, how often is too often? How much is too much? When was the last time you didn't have a drink? And I would flip it on him so fast. I left my family for you. I'm down here for you. Just bullshit like that. Sorry, I don't mm-hmm. think I um, um, And so I didn't want him to really know because it was the one thing that I had left in my life that I, that was still familiar to me. Mm-hmm. The same bottle of wine up in Utah I could get down here, and it was my friend. Mm-hmm. And so um, I would always have... Uh, half a bottle of the wine sitting on my counter, like next to my microwave, my, my favorite bottle. I'd come home from work at about four. I would drink the rest of that. I would take that glass bottle outside, put it in the recycle, come in, open up the same bottle of the same brand, drink it down to the halfway mark. So now I've drank a whole bottle, mm-hmm. put it by the microwave. Then my husband would come home and I'd be like, Hey guys, let's, I'm just it. starting. Oh yeah. I haven't, I haven't just drank a bottle of wine clear. I mean, and he, he never measured. He didn't track. He didn't, you know, he didn't CSI me like I would do him if I ever felt <laughs> I needed to. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, and then on the nights that we had my stepson, I would take two to three shots of vodka before he'd come home. And I wasn't a hard liquor drinker. And I just needed to, to check out. So towards the end, I mean, I was either hungover or drunk. 
There yeah. was no in-between with me. My world had no color at all. Um, hmm. I was drinking, you know, right when I got home from work. I never drink before work or at work. I can, I can say, that, say that much, but, um, but big deal. Um, you know, but PTA meetings. You know, I put wine in my coffee mug and go there. And I'm so stupid. Like, I didn't think that they would know. I'm sure they could smell me a mile away. Go to the grocery store. I had to have a glass of wine. Go for a walk around the neighborhood. I had to have a glass of wine. I mean, it it had just become, I, I couldn't do anything without it because I was, I don't know. And, and, and towards the end, I was so exhausted all the time. Like, yeah. life had mm-hmm. no meaning. Life had no color there was no purpose and plus you're just physically exhausted <laughs> i was so tired so yeah. you're you're right and at first alcohol gave me energy right mm-hmm. it's like it does drink. give you a little boost uh-huh it, and then it, it mm-hmm. and then it, and then it doesn't it's like mm-hmm. it's like i like to tell people alcohol works until it doesn't sure mm-hmm. at first you think that it relieves your stress and your anxiety cuz for the moment maybe it does until it doesn't, until it starts to cause the problem. Until and it's then creating the problem, yeah. Correct. You're just in the vicious cycle of you need it, it's what causes it, it's what remedies it, and you're just back and forth. And so, um, yeah, I, I had been down here for probably a year and a half, and um, I finally realized that I forgot what it was like to feel happy. And, I, and the sad thing is, is that um, I had such a wonderful childhood. I was so happy. So I knew what it was like to feel genuine, pure happiness in just your day-to-day life without a substance. And I'm, I really, I really missed that. And Mm -hmm. so I decided, um, that it was, it was time for me to do this. Um, I had reached out to my husband, wrote him an email saying we need to have a conversation. Um, I still have that email. It was from back in 2016. Um, I, I wrote down a list of my fears of what I was so afraid of happening if I got sober. I wrote down a list of all the things that I wanted to have happen if a world was perfect and I got sober. And I wanted to make it my choice. I didn't want sobriety to be a consequence because of a DUI or because of an ultimatum from my husband or you know, getting having the state say I had to quit. I wanted that real egotistical part of me wanted it to be my choice. And so, um, March 2nd, 2016 was the last day of, of my relationship with wine. And, and that's where the real story begins technically for all of us out here. So, um, yeah, long story short, there you go, ladies. No, well, you know, and I want to put a point in just a couple of things like, um, you know, I find it interesting, interesting part of your story that your ex was the one with the problem, you know, um, and you were going to Al-Anon and I can see that whole feeling of othering, you know, like, well, that's what a problem looks like. That's what a problem looks like with alcohol. And clearly I don't have one, um, Uh as you keep you know, as your drinking just starts to slowly amp up, right? And then, you know, then you probably, you know, knew in your heart of hearts that it had become now a problem for you. But denial is just such 
a thing, you know, and it also doesn't help that you're, you know, you add your, your resentments to that, like, I deserve this, and don't you tell me what to do, and um, it just, you know, continues to fuel it, all the while alcohol is taking a greater uh, physical grasp on you. Totally. Well, and like they say, you know, alcohol is like the only disease out there that manipulates and tricks our brain into trying to convince us that we're not sick. Right. And so, you know, you, you have, you, I've heard this before, you know, you have diabetes, your brain isn't saying you're not sick. You know, you have cancer, your brain isn't saying you don't need chemo, you're fine. You know, with, with this, it's like you can go a day or two, oh, you're fine, you don't have a problem, you haven't gotten a DUI, you don't have a problem. Um, but, but we, but we do. And, and so you're totally right with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the other, the other pin I wanted to, to point out is, um, the whole drinking and first time mothering. It is, and, and, and the availability of it and the celebration of it, um, does not do uh, first-time moms any sort of service whatsoever. Nope. It's lonely. It's boring at times. You feel like you're you're trying to desperately hang on to your old identity. And, um, you know, alcohol feels like uh, that's a part, you know, that that's a part of it. I'm going to, or it's like the, 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 you know, the biggest symbol of your old life Correct. that you try to desperately grasp onto. Um, I just, I know that was the case for me and, you know, you just see it over and over. Oh, it's so sad. And, you know, those little babies, they don't care if you're hungover. So, no, right. Damn it. Right. No, you know I mean? Right. Damn it. Um, you know, and you, you're right. It, it is so celebrated. Um, some of the things that I did, it just makes me sick to think about because, you know, my daughter was born in June. We're up in Utah. They're pleasant summers. I was off for the summer, you know, and, and later on in the fall, and my girlfriends would come over at noon. And yeah. we'd start pouring our wine and, you know, and I remember one day, oh, this is just such a haunting memory to me. Um, it, it had been one of those long afternoons well into the evening and I wake up the next morning. Of course, I'm just hungover. I've got this little child and I am getting her out of her crib and then I see her change of clothes on the floor. And it's this darling little, you know, onesie or little two-piece, I'm sure Carter something or other. And there's red wine spilled on it. And I'm looking mm-hmm. at this like, what? And then I thought, oh, my God, this was real cute yesterday when she's kind of looking all funny and sweet and reaching for the glass. And we're like, oh, let's see what her face does when she tastes it. You know, and she reaches for it and we let her taste it and it dribbles down the front of her and everybody's laughing. Oh, like mother, like daughter. Ha, ha, ha. It just, mm. it makes me sick, you know, yeah. and and. And nothing like that ever even crossed any of our minds that that was an issue. And so it was like staring me, 
stained, tainted the next morning of like, this is what you're becoming. But that sure as hell didn't stop me for no. years. You know? So, no. oh, so much shame about that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, oh, yeah. That is, but, but, you know, it's funny how slow release these things are for us. You know, that you can remember that I remember many, many things um, that I'm ashamed of as well. I went to see Janelle Hanchette, um, who was a guest on our podcast, and um, she wrote the book, um, I'm Just Happy to Be Here. I don't know if you heard that one, but she said, a, she said a phrase that I wrote down in my book, and she, in my little notebook, and she said, motherhood left me feeling erased. And when uh. she said that, I started crying at her reading Mm -hmm. and I was like oh my god she just explained it she just explained Mm -hmm. I was gone you know and then that's when you start drinking or for me that's when I started drinking I'm like yeah it's just erased me trying to cling on to that old identity yeah Yeah. anything right yeah Yeah. my gosh that is so poignant yes yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we're just trying to get it back. We're trying to fill it all back in, right? We want color. You talk about color, like having no color in your life and then um and that you have it now. That's what that's what we wanted. We wanted ourselves back. We didn't want to lose everything to being a mom. But I don't think you have to, but I didn't have anybody to talk to me about this and a right. lot of it was in my head and I just mm-hmm. made up at my own story. But that erased feeling I felt that way with alcohol too. And so, it, you know, it just keeps erasing you. Right. It just right. keeps erasing. Like it's, it's not like it's coloring your life no, again, no. you know, at all, at all. It just continues. Yeah, exactly. It just continues to erase you. And yeah. you're right. Not having uh, anyone to talk to about that is, yeah, I, th- I just wonder how, you know, that could have saved me mm-hmm. um, had I had, had I, saw it out or had somebody to talk to about that, um, and work through it that way. Um, because it's a real, it's a real thing. And, you know, you certainly, um, you know, I know that looking back as, you know, I was doing the best I could, um, with the information I had. Um, but I think these conversations can only, I don't know. I only hope that they can, they will provide information for other first time moms that, that perhaps, you know, can avoid the entrapment. Right. And, and I think that there's, there's so much, like you said, society isn't helping right now with, you know, mommy juice or I drink because you cry, um, you know, celebrated pink to match the pink baby and rosés and all of this stuff. And, um, it, you're right. It, it can, it's erasing us, but what it's coloring us in with is guilt and shame and chaos and poor choices. And we're such a mess. We're so alone. We're new parents. You're trying to still identify as, you know, the, the little sexy wife that you were before you became a hormonal mom who's just a feeding machine for something and still maintain an identity, keep a house clean, go to work. Um, and no wonder. Mm-hmm. Like, no wonder this is what so many of us turned to. I don't blame these moms at all. You know, it's just, it's just, it's, it's so sad. Yeah. Um, 
I wanted to, before I didn't want to get off this topic, just, I mean, not the topic, but the question. So, so Jen, when you, when you started, when you quit, right? So you're, you're doing this, you're hanging out with the girls, you're having wine with babies and stuff like, but when you decided to quit, um, how old was your daughter? If you don't mind me asking. Um, she was five, five, five okay. and a half. Yeah, five. Uh-huh. So five and a half. You quit on March second. That's your last day with alcohol. Yes. What do you reach to? What what do you, what is your ideas? I, I we asked um, Natalie last week about this, but like, what do you do on March third? <laughs> you know, like, what are you thinking? And like, how do you start finding recovery? How do you start pulling in resources to help you? Oh, um, March March third. I felt hungover as hell. I actually felt really hungover for about a week because my body wasn't getting what it needed, what it had had every day. Um, so before I got sober, about a month and a half before I got sober, I wanted, I wanted a resource. I wanted support that wasn't AA centric. And again, we all kind of say this little caveat, not that there's anything wrong with AA, I knew that it wasn't going to work for me um, because I had worked that program for myself and Al-Anon and I had attended many AA meetings with my husband. I knew that that wasn't how my little spirit was going to recover. So I, um, you know, alternative ways to sobriety, boom, hipsobriety.com. Hmm. Who is this girl? Oh my gosh. She talks like me. She swears like me. She thinks like me. She's a revolutionist. Um, her favorite word's the F word. Let's do this. I can connect. And she made it like, this is so, you're, this is good. Um, who is so she? Who my, Holly Whitaker. <laughs> Queen here. We all know who this is. I want to make sure our listeners know. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm sure they do. And then instantly, boom, home podcast, Laura McCowan. Okay. These women were my lifeline at the beginning. And so, um, uh, every day that went past March 2nd, I'm a real, um, like goal numbers type of person. I want the tick marks, my, my to-do list. It's so satisfying to mark something off the to-do list. Um, I actually put stuff on my to-do list that I've already done just so I can mark it off. Cause I feel more accomplished. Um, so, we're so, I think no. you're among, I think you're among your sisters right here. I, 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 <laughs> And if it's a really nice pen while I'm doing it, like that's orgasmic almost. Like I'll just cross off all day long. Um, (laughs) And so knowing that I had done one day, okay, one day. Oh my gosh, that's one day. Now two days. Okay, three days. Um, You know, back, I used to run marathons before I became a mom. And so timing, I would out, you know, one mile versus this time versus this lap versus this speed integral, like everything was a mile marker, time marker. I kind of put that same thought process into my days of sobriety. And, you know, after you have a week down, it, I remember seeing a quote and I actually painted it up and I hung it in like in my bedroom, bathroom area that said, I didn't come this far to only come this far. And I didn't ever want to go back today one again and again not that there's anything wrong with that because some people I, I don't think that you're failing if you ever have to go back to day one because you can't negate the huge 
steps that you took to get there. But for me, I loved seeing that number get a little bit bigger every single day. And so home podcast was huge. And then, you know, Instagram at this point, I hadn't, I wasn't on Facebook. And so just finding the support and the empowerment and these positive sayings of these other women that were like me out there that I could relate to, I didn't feel alone. Physically, sure, I was alone in this house with nobody that I knew in Texas, but I was recovering with a bunch of other women out there that were telling their truths. And so that was strong enough for me at that point. I want to highlight one thing. Um, because I just know this about you, Jen, you weren't very social media connected at all, right? Oh, no. when you, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you like, I mean, you you figured out that you could connect there, and you got over that. I think you told me you had fear of technology or something, but oh, you it's got not over fear. that. It's- it's like disdain of, of <laughs> technology. Um, I still am so foreign to Facebook. I just, oh, I, it's like this evil necessary that I've had to join, but I still don't need, I'm so lost on Facebook that I don't even get on it. But Instagram, that's my jam. I know how to use that, but you're right. I just, I've been so anti-technology, you know, to me, it's like, it's ruining our ways of communication and kids aren't growing up like they should, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, well, let's call the kettle black here. The people that are the closest to me, I've never even met in freaking real life, but I know them through technology. So, you know, cut off my nose to spite my face. That's exactly what I did. So, yeah. But again, you know, it's just, I mean, that's just a good example of, you know, maybe that, maybe you have a story that you, I like, I will never do this, um, you know, but maybe that's something that you, you know, you get to, ex- these are things we get to explore in recovery. I think it's like, oh, maybe I could try that. Maybe that oh. would be something for me. I just need to try it. Right. Oh, yeah. so many things that have come out of recovery for me now, which I'm sure we'll get on in a minute, that if you would have told me that I would have been doing this or living this way of life or saying these things or taking these steps a couple years ago, I would have been like, go bleep yourself. That's not me. <laughs> but I'm taking these chances that I never, ever thought were me. Like Tammy says, there are these stories we tell ourselves. I mm-hmm. love that. And mm-hmm. I had so many stories that I would tell myself to where it's like, Maybe that's maybe that's not my story anymore. I've changed the chapter in my book. Totally. I can try this now. So, yeah. It's funny what we tell ourselves, right? I mean, and it's it's telling. It's 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 there's there's total reasons behind but we get to change it, right? We get to edit it. We get to, I think Esther Perel said that. I got that from her just that, you know, these are the stories of our lives and edit well. You know, it, whether that's people, alcohol, whatever you want to edit out, um, you can do that. You can do or that. Or edit in. All right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. All uh, right. Yeah. Well, we should probably get to some other things about what you've been doing, like creating since you, um, you know, what has, what have you like, what's lighting you up now? What is filling the void that alcohol used to occupy? Like, what do you, what have you done with your sobriety that you feel um, most proud of now? Um, well, I have. So, okay, so many things. Well, one thing, we'll, we'll start simple here. Um, I got my easel back out, and mm-hmm. I started painting again. Mm-hmm. Um, I 
have always been an artist, loved art. My parents are artists. It's just, it's, it's my heart. I bleed colors. And I, that part of me was completely numbed while I was drinking. And so I've reconnected with that again. Um, I've got a little home office out back that's my art studio, my meditation studio. Um, I do a lot of just that sort of stuff now. Um, I write a lot more. I journal again, which is great. I wish I would journal more because this is my one thing to listeners who maybe are new in their sobriety. I would encourage you to write, write, write everything Mm -hmm. that you're feeling because I look back at some of the things I wrote and they're golden. It doesn't even feel like it's me that wrote it. I'm reading these words and I'm like, this is, this is incredible. Um, I wish I would have done more at that at the beginning to capture everything. So, um, yeah, I, man, what, okay. My house is clean now all the time. (laughs) Never had energy to do that. Well, and you have, I've been to your home and I just have to tell our listeners, Jen has a beautiful home. Thank you. And you are, you probably will have to like host most of the gatherings from like now until the end of time because you really have a beautiful home. Yeah, I want to go to your home. I want to, Tammy, you, I was actually thinking about you yesterday while I'm vacuuming my white carpet. White carpet, people. White carpet. With two eight-year-olds, a perpetually puking cat, and chickens that were just living in my bathroom. We're the idiots that have white carpet. But we bought the house with white carpet. When we can afford it, we'll change it. But I'm vacuuming yesterday, and it's just, it's so cathartic to me. But I'm noticing that I want the lines in the carpet to match up. And then after it was vacuumed, I didn't want to walk on my carpets because I didn't want the footprints. I'm like, okay, no, this is a little over the top. Like, you got to chill out, Jen. But um, That was my childhood. Okay. (laughs) You just, yeah, we had royal blue carpet. But yeah, that was, that was my childhood. That's, yeah. That's why I have zero carpet in my house, except for a rug. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know. If you're going to have it, at least make the lines match up. So, um. You know, the things that I can get done in a day now blow my mind. And I think that I thought that I was accomplished while I was drinking because I got by the bare minimum. But the stuff that I'm able to do in the yard, go to work, be a partner, mom, stepmom, custody, who's picking this kid up? Oh, we're dropping him off here. Uh, you know, we've got this function. Who's fed the chickens? We got to do the cat. Oh, who's watered this? Um, you know, go to school. We got to do the groceries, cook the dinner, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, 17 things in a day and I get them all done. And that, I don't think I realized what I wasn't getting, what I wasn't getting done or being present when I was drinking. So that's, that's a really big thing. Um, Hey, Unruffled listeners, Tammy here. Just popping in mid-show to remind you about our Patreon fundraising campaign. If you like what you've been hearing, we're asking for a donation of just $1 per episode, $4 a month. To donate, please go to www.patreon.com backslash the Unruffled podcast. Thank you for your continued support of the show. Now back to it. So Tammy, last November when you had the the gratitude journal, um, I signed up for that and was doing the gratitude journal with everybody, and it was just amazing. And it was fun because it was I was able to integrate you know art and color into it. Yeah. 
And at this point, I have been at my current job for over 20 years. And I was thinking, all right, I've obviously I've got to do something different. I've shed everything else bad from my past. I need to shed this one thing. So, um, you know, I kept thinking, oh, I'm going to do something with art. I, I'm going to do something with art. You know, bought jenjamesdesign.com, the domain, trying to get... You know, I started selling some art, some paintings, some custom stuff, um, which was just blowing my mind that people were actually paying for some of my art. Um, and so I kept thinking, you got to do something with art. Go with art. Follow your heart. But then I'm reading other people's gratitude journals, and I'm seeing that some people here and there are stating she recovers coaching training. She recovers life coaching training. And I was like, oh, wow, what's that? and reached out to a couple of these other sober sisters um and i kept you know i do and then i tell this story to myself well that's not me i could never do anything like that those are for accomplished people i could, that that's not who i am stick with the art and then something else would come up and it was like coaching she recovers boom and it's like this internal compass in me just kept like swiveling way around back to this recovery coaching training and the signs from the universe were so blatant that I thought, if I don't take a step in this direction, I'm going to get struck by lightning. Mm -hmm. And so made the connections, reached out, and I have since um, taken the She Recovers Coaching Training. It's a dual program. I've got the first part done. So I am a life coach. And I am doing the second training, which is more um, tailored to the, sh the She Recovers of the Addiction. And I am a life coach for women in recovery now. And that just in itself, you know, you talk about these things that we never thought that we would do. I have a website now. I have clients now. I'm doing this. Um, and so that's been, that's been huge. That fills up a lot of my time. The training, the connections, the phone calls, the ideas, the ideating, uh, you know, coming up with all of this stuff. Um, and it's so exciting. It is so exciting. So you are like all lit up right now talking about yeah, this. I you love really it. Are. <laughs> <laughs> you so, really are. And you know what's beautiful about this too? I mean, and I know you're just getting started. This is all unfolding. And what I foresee, because I like to envision a future for peop other people, <laughs> I can see you incorporating um, art into helping women recover. I can see those things coming together. I can see you figuring out how you can make one big umbrella and encompass all those things because I know that you're into crystals and you use oils and I can see how you are going to be able to bring all of these things together. That's totally the plan. Mm -hmm. but Totally. What's really, really neat about this particular, um, you know, idea with the training is um, it's still so fresh that everything's organic, that we come out at the end of this all different and it's ours. So we're not these little mini Stepford Wife recovery. No, you can put your fit, own yeah. Jen James. That's right. Approach to it. Correct. And so. I don't know what the end looks like, but I'm really, I'm happy that I don't know what the end looks like because anything that I'm going to end up doing with 
myself, this is just fortifying the path that I am taking right now. Um, and you're right, art, um, just almost holistic forms of recovery, but the, the, the science behind it. But then the connection, you know, um, I've walked this walk before and I want these women to be able to connect and feel safe with me. It's kind of like if I'm going to walk into a room of coaches, and there's all these really nice looking well-dressed women in pantsuits. I want the one that's kind of hunkered over and haggard in the corner with wrinkles that's, you know, holding the crystals that's lived a hell of a life because I know she's going to connect with me the most. And so I just, I, I've been there. So I, I want, I want to help like empower and encourage these women with, with the connection that, that I'm going to understand. Mm. You're going to be so good at this. Yeah. You're so awesome. They're going to be so drawn to you. There's a, mm. there's a, it's a, it's a phrase from the rooms, but there's, it's, and I don't know what reading it's from, but it's, it says you will feel new power flow in. It's like when you're recovering. And I just think, I think that's in the promises. Like you will start to feel new power flow into your life. And that's like hearing you just say all of that, like how it all, your story of, of when you quit and then what what's happening for you now, Jen, do you feel that? Like it's just surging. It just feels like you, you're, you're harnessing it right now. You're trying to figure out what you're going to do with it. Right. And it's so exciting. And if I ever have any self doubt, I just keep taking the next step because this, this was something that was interesting to me, too. I would, like, look around or see these other people that were doing the thing that I wanted to do. And the reason why they were successful at it maybe wasn't because it was their natural calling or their passion, but it's because they just decided to do it, and they did it. Right. And that was like a slap in my face where it's like, I literally can do whatever I want to do if I just do it. This just happens to be something, I love connection, I love to talk, obviously I love to talk, um, mm -hmm. and I can put like all of these things together and I'm going to do it, or I'm going to quote our JC favorite Joseph Campbell right now, Miss um <laughs> Joseph he, Campbell nerds. <laughs> JC, hashtag nerd it up, where he says, um, you know, once you begin to follow your bliss, doors open where once there were none. Exactly. And it's like, oh, give me the chills. That's amazing. And so And you don't have to know the end. You don't have to future trip the entire scheme. Uh, and, and know exactly what it's going to look like, but you're right. You just keep taking the next step. You just if you just stay open, um certain things will present themselves and you, it's like following breadcrumbs. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. These little breadcrumbs happen to be pieces of amethyst and citrine, mm -hmm. a little mm -hmm. oil and maybe a tarot card here or there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're right. So, um, you know, I'm doing that. And then this is huge. Um, I eat a plant-based diet. I don't eat meat or dairy anymore. That's, you know, it's just, Again, these things that we think that we could never do and that we try, and it just blows your mind how much better you feel, the steps that you take. And so, you know, wow, I'm sober. I'm a vegan. Wow. I don't, I'm like 99% vegan, obviously. You guys know I had to try the queso the other day. And I had I'm some queso the other day. Right. I had to. Like, that's why I don't. You're like human. You're human. Right. I know. I know. <laughs> 
people, I'm sober, I'm a mom, and I'm vegan. That's like three crosses against me. Don't even right. come near me because those are like horrible labels. Um, you know, and so I just some days I wake up and I'm like, wow, look at look at what I'm I'm doing, but I'm still I'm still me. And yeah. so, you know, I think the one thing that I'm really trying to work with though right now is reconnecting again with the genuine person that's deep inside of me, removing all of the, the fog, the dust, the rocks. I, I envision it like when you would open up a can of soup and all of the fat has coagulated to the top. And so you got to kind of scrape that off to get down to the, the juicy goodness below. I still feel like I'm scraping a lot of that gunk off the top to get down to, to the goodness and the goodness being, um, my imagination again, my creativity, having genuine thoughts that aren't spurred by like somebody else's meme or their idea or their books or their beliefs, having, having my own again, having the confidence to find like that little girl inside of me, that genuine person that I know is still in there. And that's the exciting part to me. That's my own personal thing. And so, um, you know, I, I'm taking a couple of different steps in my day-to-day -day life to find that connection again, and it's happening. And that is, it's a relief. It's like I'm coming home again to somebody that I haven't been with for like over 20 years. And so mm -hmm. um, that's just going to help out everything going forward. So that, that's kind of been a fun fun thing as well. I can, I have to say um, that I can see this, uh, I can see a bit of a change in you, Jen, I have to say. Um I see you sort of blossoming um, into yourself, and not that I've—I mean, I wouldn't know have known that you weren't, you know, feeling entirely Jen James when I first met you. But now that I've known you and I've seen um, known you for a couple of years now, um, I can see that you are. Uh, I don't know, like just a couple of things that you said the last couple of times we've hung out. I've just been like, damn, girl, that was good. Thank you. <laughs> Can you tell me what those things were? I should have written them down. I really should have written them down. <laughs> oh, you're so what a compliment. Thank you. That's so sweet of you to say. Well, when I met, so, so seeing you a few times now, Jen, and us connecting when I was there in Austin, when you came over to our rental with a bunch of the other gals, um, and just talking about anxiety with you too, um, I think it was Elizabeth Vargas said at She Recovers, um, or a line from her book was that um, anxiety was the background music to my life. And you and I connected about anxiety a lot and just all the different things that we're trying to reduce it. And that just really fueled my drinking was my anxiety. And I'm, I'm just now really starting to take a really hard look at that because I'm having some things come up now that I'm three years sober and I'm thinking, wait a minute. Um, so I appreciated how, you know, open you were about that. Do you feel like your anxieties are lessened now that you don't drink? Um, or what do you think? Well, yes and no. Um, I think I am. So I numbed obviously a lot of the anxiety. Um, I use the word overwhelmed. Well, mm. oh, I'm overwhelmed. I'm really overwhelmed. But that's just another form of anxiety. Um, 
right now, I think that sometimes my anxiety is worse because I don't know how to, I'm learning how to manage it the proper way because I never learned how to manage anxiety properly because once I started to get it, I would either pop a pill or have a drink, you know, and I did that for 20 years, never recognizing that I had anxiety. I was just a busy go, 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 go type of girl, was overwhelmed a lot, have a couple drinks, pop a pill, illegally or not, whatever. Um, and so now it's like I have this anxiety and I have to learn how to do yoga. I have to learn how to meditate. I have to teach myself the, the healthy ways to do it. And that's been a block. I'll be totally honest with you. Um, I have a very subconscious block against meditation. And I think it's a control issue for me because I have me relinquishing control is so full of fear for me. But um, so my anxiety is more present because I'm so hyper aware of everything around me. Um, now, two and a half years into sobriety, I am learning how to sit and breathe. I do have my tools in my toolbox that I do go to. It's not just something I wrote down that I think is cute that I can say. I'm actually really using the tools now. And so, um, you know, Tammy, I'm, st I'm still up in the air with it because I think I'm just naturally um, busy. Go, go, go. I have a really hard time relaxing. Mm -hmm. So I need to take inventory of my balances probably a little more often and continue to take the steps to do things for myself. It's easy to tell everybody else how to cure their anxiety. I need to like feed my own. <laughs> well, I, I feel like it's like um, removing alcohol was this first step. Sure. And that helped that helped and it hurt too, because then, then you were feeling everything, right? You know, and, right. but I feel like this is kind of like Sandra and I have been talking to like, this is three year mark was kind of like this next level. What am I, what else? And, and, and apparently for me, it's going to be panic. Um, because I started to have a panic attack last night at my 12 step meeting. So this is the fourth incidence in a month and a half. And I'm like, what is going on? And I am throwing the book at it and I'm being open, which is kind of like when you quit drinking, right? You have to kind of be open to all of these different things. Like, I don't know about the woo. I'm learning about all the crystals and the moon cycles. And, you know, I think there's a new moon today. I don't really know exactly what that means or what I'm supposed to do, but I'm going to put some malas out and some crystals out. I'm going to do whatever Natalie tells me. <laughs> I'd say call Sasha and Natalie, those little queens. They're going to tell me. But, but I wanted to touch on, I'm sorry, I went off on a tangent, but the meditation part, because I'm, I'm, I'm investigating that now too, in a more serious way. And it is the step that took me the longest when I did the 12 steps, step 11. And of course I hear exactly what I need to hear um, when I need to hear it. Sometimes my ears are open and people say things and, and someone had, said a phrase from, uh, I don't know, some book from AA, I don't know which one, but they just said, meditation is our step out into the sun. And that hit me in a way, again, I write these things down and I go back and I read them and I write them and I draw them. It's my invitation, you know, kind of out into the sun is how I looked at it and why I've not been receiving that invitation and I've been shutting that down. So I think the meditation is key for me to quiet myself as well, Jen, you know, and that's right. going to be a process. Why do you think you're shutting it down? Um, 
Okay, no one's telling me to do this, by the way, but I always think everybody's telling me what to do. <laughs> I don't want to do it, but because it was a step or it was suggested, um, because I can't quiet my brain. I can't, I don't feel like I have those 15 minutes or five minutes. I don't feel like I have them to waste is how I looked at it. Um, so I'm trying to make it a routine because routines sit well with me. So I don't know. I, I think I don't even want to be quiet for that long because I don't want to be with myself maybe that long. Right. Yeah. Well, see, and like you said, you don't have the time. Uh, and another level to that for me, I, this is so sick. I think it's selfish. Like, mm. I, you know, there's so much stuff that needs to be done. Uh, it's selfish for me to to take this time to meditate because what am I doing? I'm just sitting there. It's like I have all of these negative little labels and stereotypes that I'm sure, you know, lead back to some part of my childhood somewhere. Um, but I, I feel the same way. My brain can't get quiet. But then, you know, you look at the science and the facts, you know, your gray matter grows. You have a higher connection. Your body heals. You're not as sick. And it's like, why can't I hang on to that? What is this story I'm still telling myself about this? And yeah. so um, I use um, Insight Timer, mm -hmm. which is really nice because I can't just sit with myself even for four minutes in quietness. It's just not possible. But if I have a guided meditation, it takes away the stress and the need to be perfect during the meditation and I can just be with somebody else leading it. That's been very helpful. So I don't know if you've tried that avenue or not, but you're kind of handing the control over to somebody else and maybe just do it for like five or six minutes, not a half an hour. That might really work well for you, Tammy, because then you're not giving up all of this time at the yeah. beginning. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm definitely trying. I am using the insight timer. And I think just talking about it, hearing Sandra tell me her, about her meditation and the things that she was using, I've adopted those. So I'm definitely trying to be open to what people are, the tools that they're using. And that's, again, another byproduct of being sober for me and being in recovery is that I may be slow on the uptake. I may resist like a motherfucker. <laughs> like I just, I don't want to do it. But eventually I can tell myself. And I think that is community and talking with other women and doing like the show with Sandra. Um, it's really yeah. helpful. It's really helpful. Well, and it's like, you know, it, it's, it's another form of exercise. And when we exercise every day or, you know, a couple of times a week, we're training our bodies and our brains to know that, you know, there are such things as habits, good or bad. And so it's one of those things where even if you're just doing it a little bit here and there, maybe a couple of times a week, even if you don't think that you're 100% in this meditative enlightenment Buddha floating off the floor state, who cares? Because you're slowly letting your brain know that habits and actions do matter. And then I think it will just start to come to you naturally. Throwing the book at it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. Throw Those the book. All good things. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, yeah, the thing with meditation, yeah, it's like exercise too. Mm. You, it, it's like you can't wait for it to come light on your shoulder like a little bird. You actually just have to do it. You know, yeah. you, it's just another one of those actions that you kind of have to take, even though it's a non-action action. But you have to sit your butt down and close your eyes and um, 
re-ride and even if it's only for just a few minutes um and then sometimes i think we just have to i know that like for exercise too you know i think it helps a lot of people if you just change your perspective about it like oh i'm not you know if i if i think about it in the, in a way that I'm, I have to do this, um, in order to, I don't know, maintain a certain size or weight or something, yeah. then I'm going to resist it and not do it. But if I, if I look at it as, you know, I'm just, um, I, I don't know, creating more vibrancy in my life or, you know, giving, you know, move a muscle, change a mood kind of thing. You know, if I, I've changed my perspective around it and I think we can do the same thing with meditation sometimes too, if we change our perspective, I always liked it when I heard that a prayer is talking to God or the universe or higher power and meditation is listening. Um, mm, I so love that. yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, that's just another little change of perspective around it. I like that. That's helpful. Yeah, mm-hmm. that I think we can sort of trick ourselves into <laughs> our butts down. Like, I'm just going to listen for five minutes. Yeah. That I, is, that's I, a, it, oh, go on. No, no, no. Camera, go on. No, no. You're the guest, my dear. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, and I think that takes a lot of pressure away from it, too. If you say, I'm just going to mm-hmm. sit down and just listen. I'm just going to listen. And if that's listening to the sounds around you, mm-hmm. listening to your heartbeat, that's going to slowly like tie into something. Um, I read the neatest quote in a book uh, two nights ago that I'm reading. And she said, um, it's Terry Tempest Williams. I'm reading a book called When Women Were Birds. And she said, perfection is a flaw disguised as control. Mm-hmm. And God, that just that just hit me. And so that's what this whole conversation reminds me of. I, I'm afraid to do it because I'm afraid I'm not going to do it perfectly. Well, there's mm-hmm. the control part. Yeah. You know, so who cares? No one's watching us. You know, we're, we're, you're, you're at home. Sit down. It's what we're unlearning, though. This, I think I'm unlearning a lot of things in sobriety. And, and, it's, <sighs> yeah. taken, and it's taken a while, and it's taking what it takes. Um, but that's what's so yeah. beautiful about having these conversations. And I hope that that's what our listeners are getting. Like, they're not alone. Um, we're all just chipping away at this thing. Just because me and Sandra um, have this podcast that my husband helps us get up on the Internet. <laughs> um, we don't have anything more figured out than anybody else. You know? Oh, right. no. Yeah. yeah. We're just no. saying, let's just chat about it. And that's why we're so excited this summer to talk to our friends. You know, like, let's talk to the, our friends that we that we um, have connected with and that, that, that can share a little bit more, you know, and also what, what we've been attracted to because what is it? Attraction, not promotion, right? Like there's, right. there's women from all over that are doing all different things than what I'm doing for my recovery. And I'm just picking up a little bit from you today, Jen. And I picked up a little bit from Natalie last week and I pick a lot up from Sandra, you know, and that's what attracted me to her. And I love, that's what I'm loving about this conversation and you sharing with us your journey because someone um, is going to get a little nugget from it. I know I have. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Jen. Well, we are probably coming to the end of our 
show yeah. where we would love for you, Jen, to tell our listeners um, uh, three things in your sobriety or creativity toolbox that you use daily, weekly, monthly um, to help you stay connected to your recovery. Awesome. Um, like I, like I said, pre-show, I've got so many of these, (laughs) but, um, you know, I'll kind of lump some of them all into one. And basically I like, this is what I, let's say I carry with me daily, always there for me. If I'm at work and stressed out, if I'm driving stressed at home, I always have in my bag, a couple of different oils, some, and some crystals, and I pull a tarot card in the morning to start my day. And I always make sure I have some form of a yummy drink, whether that's a, you know, kombucha or coffee or tea. Tammy, I'm, I'm, I'm really considering giving up the caffeine after my conversation with you. Mm. Um, something that's just mine and yummy and special, like as a little reward. So those are just with me all the time. If I need like a little quick reminder, talisman, I've got a crystal in my bra or my pocket or my purse. And... My mala beads never leave my side. And so, um, but if it, if it's down to where like I've got this time and I need it, um, my, my biggest thing in my toolbox is, is nature. Go outside. That's what I do. I have to go be, I, I am a desert girl, a mountain girl. I, I need the earth. And so, I take my shoes off, I'm barefoot, I go outside, feel the wind, close my eyes, and just breathe. I go for a walk. Um, We always have a ladder up in a backyard. I get up on the roof, and I watch the clouds roll, the storm coming in, whatever. And so, to me, I need that connection. Go outside and look for the moon, touch a star with your heart, anything, just nature is my, is my one connection that brings me back to like my organic roots. Um, yoga has been huge for me. Um, I didn't start doing yoga until I got sober. Um, and I don't have the time or the luxury to be able to go to a yoga studio, you know, multiple times a week, but I subscribe to yoga glow, which is incredible because I can pull it up on our big screen and I can do a 10-minute or an hour-long yoga, any level, any expertise in my living room whenever I want. That's been huge to move my body. Um, so, yeah, nature, yoga, and then the one little thing that's like, I don't want to say it's an escape, but the one little treasure treat for me is podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, I just put my earbuds in and I go. And so... I do have my, you know, connection, help, um, reaffirming podcasts like The Unruffled or, you know, Home. I really love Live Awake with Sarah Bolden. Those are good. But my little, like, sorted, naughty treat ones are my serial killer podcast. (laughs) I love listening to those. And I'll put something on and I'll go out into the art studio and I'll paint for hours with listening to just details that are not even able to be repeated on the air. Um, <laughs> what, what, Lab, yeah. I was like, what's the name of the serial killer one? Um, it's there's serial killer. There's serial. There's something. No, or somebody knows something. That's a new one. I just found. Um, man, you just, just 
just go into your podcast search and okay. punch a serial killer and you'll thank me later because it's amazing. <laughs> um, I love it. I know a lot of, I know a lot of people who are into like the true crime ones. Yeah. I'm not falling down that rabbit hole yet. I, I'm probably scared because I know that I, I will go hard. Like, I think, so. oh, no, it, I mean, I think people have often been like concerned with me because they know the kind of movies and the books I like to read and the, you know, the documentaries and they're like, what's wrong with you? But I'm so fascinated and drawn to it because it's not who I am like internally. Like, so it, it just, it draws me in and, you know, profiling and, oh, I love it. It's the human um, condition, right? You're curious, like what would, uh-huh, what would possess right. this person? No, that's, I get right. that. Like no, the train wreck you want to slow yes. down for. <laughs> well, it's even better when they're like, click on our click on our website to see pictures of the crime scene. Oh, like, yeah. Thank okay. you. Jesus, this is amazing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> two hours later, you're like, oh, my God. It's so long. I know. As I'm like, hey, would you like me to be your life coach? I'll lead you in healthy ways as I'm like looking at like pictures of it's disgusting but um it just shows how well-rounded I am that's um, right that's right no but um and r- my, probably one of my most favorite podcasts is called radio lab yeah. and it's out of god it's amazing so it's the science junk nerd in me I love it so you know those are just my little um they're treats they're just for me I don't have the podcast blaring in the house it's in my earbuds it's just for me it's a little teeny escape since I don't numb out anymore um it's the same thing as you know maybe somebody going and getting a massage I just listen to these things I do them myself I love going for walks collecting rocks picking leaves you know figuring out the cloud structure and which way the low pressure system is rolling today it's just those are, those are my those are my quick little toolbox things that have worked really well for me. Love it. You're paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. And aware. to yourself too. Yeah, and to yeah. yourself. Right. Oh. Absolutely. Do you have anything you want to promote or or anything on the show to let people know how they could work with you or get in touch with you? Absolutely. Let's um, do that. Have if anyone's interested in um, exploring life coaching if you're new to sobriety curious about it in you know long-term recovery if you're looking to uh, make some changes and start you know thriving um i would love to talk to you if you're interested so i have um jenjamescoaching.com you can contact me there um you can also you know hit me up on instagram i'm no longer mutton attacks. Rest in peace, that little handle. I'm Jen. Oh, mutton I- attacks. attacks. <laughs> um, I'm Jen James ATX. So I would, you know, I'm here. I, I would love that. Um, and then and it's Jen with thing. two X, two N's. Yes, yes, yeah. Jen James. It's yeah. uh, I'm Jen James, bitch. I love that. Um, and I was kind of talking to you guys about this too and I'll make this quick my husband is a a big thinker and entrepreneur and the biggest supporter of my sobriety and my sober sisters community ladies he has started something called sober AF racing Mm -hmm. and he I told him that (laughs) 
my goodness. I was, he's like, hey, I want to I want to build you a rally car so you can go like rally racing with your sober sisters. And it's going to be amazing. And you can go, you know, take these families out. And I'm like, hold up. It's like, listen, the, the women that I, I connect with are typically into yoga and meditation <laughs> and crystals and, you know, journaling. He goes, no, man, I think it'd be great. You could go do like a couple burnouts in a parking lot with a couple of your girlfriends and then go to like this event. And I'm just like, oh, you think big. Okay, that's great. I'm like, not for a couple of years. Let, let me get started. Well, last week he surprised me. He bought and modified and refurbished an old school Subaru. And I am the official owner of a rally cross car, my friends. What, what, what the heck is a rally cross car? Wait, is it, is it done? <laughs> now, I, I heard the idea about a month ago, but is it finished? Yes. Sandra, and I <laughs> am I supposed to be pissed off or really excited here? Um, what, what, oh my god, yeah. I can't wait to see this. this. Okay. This this little shit known as my husband went to Mexico for a quote vendor work contact supply thing with his company. He works for um he works for Cobb Tuning, which is they they modify, design, develop parts. For cars, I'm not even doing it justice. I really don't know what he does there, but it's it's it, he's living his dream job. He he's a, he's a little kid at heart. So he went to Mexico and he bought an old Subaru. No kidding, that it's the exact year, make, model, and color of the very first Subaru I ever bought. So he's smart because he's pulling on my emotional right. heartstrings here because I loved that car, and he drove it home. I had no idea. Um, I thought he was flying home from Mexico. I knew nothing. For two and a half months, he's had it at his shop. He's had a crew of 28 guys working on this thing. They've replaced the engine. It's got a modified exhaust system. It's got rims. Uh, anything and everything. I don't know the first thing about a car except for it makes me go from point A to point B. So he tells me all of this stuff that's been done to it. I, I just have to appreciate it because I don't understand it. But this thing, when it turned, like when it starts, my house shakes. It is so loud, you guys. Oh my but god! So much fun. And so, what he's doing, it's registered in my name, and he would love to start um, going to events as Sober AF Racing and sponsoring and supporting um, the sober community and getting people that would sponsor us and just get the presence and just to have a different take on sobriety having fun nobody's out there doing this right now why not have some fun with this um go to events do things where families and friends can be involved and it's something totally different you know you want the adrenaline rush let's it's do it amazing i don't it's know amazing. why i don't know why i have goosebumps the whole time you're talking because i don't know what that means <laughs> <laughs> is he gonna do a rap like on the car? Is it gonna? Is it? Is there gonna be like a logo? And Correct. I'm so imagining. I, I, yeah. So I was asking him, well, what what does this mean exactly? And he said, well, what happens is we start going to these events as sober AF racing. You know, you're the empowered feminist female sober driver, and companies and businesses are going to start to see this and then they will you know we put their stickers on our car i can help promote like people's different yoga studios or their coaching topo or, chico you know, their oils or, 
Topa Chico. We need Topa Chico. There's a new um, bar here. It's a, called the Sands Bar. I know you're familiar with mm-hmm. it. It's at Mocktail Alcohol Free Bar in Austin. I'm like, we need to go down there and talk to them. Maybe we can get an event going with them. Um, and just kind of get, you know, that. And again, I don't know what the end of this looks like. I just know that he's a sweetheart. He he pulled it into the driveway. My mom was here. My ex-husband was here because he and I are actually still really good friends. And everyone's here. And he pulls his car into the driveway. And I'm looking at him just like, what the hell have you done? <laughs> what? <laughs> I think it's going to kind of be fun. So I don't know what the end looks like. I just know we're going to have a really good time doing this. This and- is awesome. Right. Okay, so is there a place on social media that we can follow this amazingness along? Is there a is there an Instagram? Instagram, he is sober af racing. Awesome. Um, he's just kind of getting that uh, handle going. He's getting some pictures going up with the production and stuff. We're going to start to touch more on the sobriety part of it. I will say this much. He's been sober with me from the beginning when I quit drinking um, to support me. And so he is also sober um, out of support. And he he's so proud of me. He loves this community. He wants the sober sisters to do this. And so you have chills, Tammy, because I think internally, you know, I'm driving this car to California. Yeah, yeah, it's happening. I'm pick you up. <laughs> right. It's going to be but I'll have some turmeric tea and a cup holder for you, so you have no anxiety at all. It's going to be awesome. I, I, well, my vision already, I'm like, okay, this is awesome, because I was talking to the Sands Bar people, and they um, they want to do an event the next time I come to Austin and do it with Sandra, and I haven't even told Sandra this yet, so surprise, Sandra. Mm-hmm. They want to do an event. I see Marceline, the murder queen, um, Nicole Morgan, and her roller derby crew. I see mm-hmm. this car. I see the whole thing, Topo Chico tents everywhere. Yeah, it, something fun is going to happen. Yeah, something really fun. We're gonna we'll manifest this. No, we are. We'll get Katie out there. Yeah, we're we're, we're gonna get everybody. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. Um, and my helmet, I'm letting y'all know right now, is gonna be the red sparkly color, kind of like Dorothy's shoes from Oz. That yeah. will be my helmet because it will be colorful, and I'm gonna be a little fire driver. So yeah, you are. Um, this is amazing. I, okay, this is like so, thank you for the surprise. <laughs> JenJamesCoaching.com or Sober AF Racing, whichever you're interested in. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I'm like smiling so big right now. It's like my face hurts. I've been smiling this whole time you've been talking. I'm like, this is fantastic. Oh, see this? These are the things. These are the things. You don't, you can't even know, you can't even know what your life would be like, right? Uh -uh. Like you can't even. It's going to, because it's going to be bigger and better than you ever imagined. Right. Yeah. I know. It's, 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 it's exciting. And, and I mean, I'll just, you know, we'll pull all this together at the end, not to be cheesy, but you guys, none of this would have happened if I wouldn't have gotten sober. No way. So that's not cheesy. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's the, it's the truth. And there's so much beauty in the truth now. And, um, so yeah, it's, you know, we really have one shot at this on this little beautiful blue and green planet. Let's make it significant and just have fun. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the point of it going forward is sobriety continues to just morph and change for me. 
every year what was important isn't and all of these great things are kind of blossoming and I think it's just time to have fun and be happy and like Sandra said do the world a favor and let's start loving ourselves again that just is beautiful so Mm. yeah thanks Sandra for that too Jen, thank you so much for coming on here. And thanks for just being you and shining your light. I mean, this is, this is amazing. This is amazing. Thank you. And yeah, thank pe- you. people want to read more about Jen again. Um, I, I, uh, your, your website or, or to get in touch with you about coaching is jenjamescoaching.com. The Sober AF Racing on Instagram. And I interviewed Jen. I had the lovely honor of interviewing you for um, my Ray of Light interview series. You're number 39. And that's on my website. So um, you can learn more about her there. But thank you so much, Jen. This has been an absolute thank delight. You. Thank you, Jen. Yeah. You guys, you're, you're both so inspiring. So it was such a pleasure for me um, and an honor for me to be here with you guys this morning. So thank you. Bye, my friend. Bye. All right. Have a good day, girls. You too. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by Caitlin Schumacher. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers, Chris Aguirre and Amy Lanier. Thanks for listening. Hello, Unruffled listeners. So we have produced a year's worth of content and have approximately 125,000 downloads to date. We can hardly believe it. We would like to give you, our listeners, the opportunity to help us continue to put out quality, meaningful content, but we have a big ask. We are both mothers and creative soulmates. We are multi-passionate and have many projects going on at once and feel like this is the right time to ask for some support. We talk a lot on our show about valuing your creative work and it's time we walk our talk. This is where you come in. So we've set up a Patreon account and your generous Patreon donations will help us to pay for hosting fees, better equipment, and assist us in our dedication to keep showing up here every week. In the future, we hope to take our show on the road and offer creative workshops in select cities across the United States, maybe even interview a few of our guests in person. In order to make any of this happen, we foresee the need to generate some revenue from the show. We believe that our listeners want to support us, so we're hoping that you can help us make these dreams become a reality. Our ask isn't huge. We're some sensible girls, right? We're really just asking for a dollar pledge per episode. That's $4 a month, less than a large decaf vanilla latte from Starbucks. A total steal, if you ask me. We love to offer some perks in the future, but first we need to get this campaign off the ground. We can circle back and check with you all later in the year to see what, if any, perks sound good to you. And we're just so grateful for our listeners, and we hope that we continue to earn your support. You can... (laughs) Find our campaign on patreon.com backslash the unruffled podcast. Thanks, guys.